from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. It's midterm election day. If you haven't gone out to vote yet, please exercise your civic duty. Take some time and go vote. It doesn't matter who you vote for, but be part of the democratic process. It's critical. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Packed show today. Packed show. Japan, China, 50,000 Bitcoin seized by, by the Department of Justice, and so much more on this morning's show. We've got a follow-up story from yesterday as well. So we're packed. We're loaded. We're ready to go this morning. Let's grab our cup of coffee and get this show going. My double espresso, whatever you're drinking this morning, I hope it powers you through this Tuesday because it's going to be a long day, folks. It's a long day. It's a stressful day for many. Um, but nonetheless, we'll all still be here tomorrow. Coffee cup cheers. We're going to start off with our first story of the day. Google patching a high severity privilege escalation vulnerability in Android. The rolling out of Android November 2022 security update patch for over 40 vulnerabilities, including multiple high severity escalation of privileges bugs. The first part of the update, the 2002 uh, November 01 patch level includes fixes for 17 security defects, 12 of which could lead to escalation of privilege, three to denial of service, and two leading to information disclosure. All of these are high severity vulnerabilities impacting Android 10 and newer releases, except for one bug. All of them impact Android 13 as well. The most severe of these issues is a high security vulnerability in the framework component that could lead to a local escalation of privilege with no additional execution privileges needed. Uh, the uh, Google has also mentioned two additional vulnerabilities as part of the Google Play system updates, namely CVE 2022-2209er and 2022-20463. Um, the second part of this month's Android update, the 2002-1105 patch level resolves 26 additional issues in Imagination Technologies, MediaTek, Unisoc, and Qualcomm components. So lots of updates. Uh, make sure you get those addressed within your Android environment. The U.S. seizes over 50,000 Bitcoins worth nearly $3.3 billion linked to a Silk Road dark web. Department of Justice on Monday seized 50,676 Bitcoins in November of 2021 uh, that was stolen back in 2012, the hack of the now defunct Silk Road dark web marketplace. The Bitcoins, which, which uh, was obtained in 2012 and valued at $3.36 billion when it was discovered last year, is now worth $1.4 billion. Additional recovered were $661,900 in cash, $25 Chase's cones, coins with an approximate value of 174 bitcoins and gold and silver colored bars. It's also one of the largest cryptocurrency seizures to date, followed by the confiscation of the $3.36 billion worth of bitcoins earlier this February, tied to the Bitfinex crypto exchange. The Justice Department said the seizure on November 9th, pursuant to a search warrant issued to James Zong's house located in the U.S. state of Georgia. It also said that the keys to the tokens were found in an underground floor safe on a single board computer that was submerged under blankets and a popcorn tin stored in a bathroom closet. The 32-year-old uh, pleaded guilty to one count of committing wire fraud in September of 2012 when he unlawfully siphoned the cryptocurrency from Silk Road. The charges carries a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison. 
Uh, Mr. Zong executed a sophisticated scheme designed to steal Bitcoins from the notorious Silk Road marketplace, according to IRSCI special agent in charge, Tyler Hatcher. Once he was successful in this heist, he attempted to hide his spoils through a series of complex transactions, which he hoped would be enhanced as he hid behind the mystery of the dark net. So a whole lot there, but nonetheless, definitely recovered the money. And there it is. This happened to be in our home state of Georgia, folks, uh, for those that are watching from Georgia. Uh, as of ransomware is a wiper that's destroying data 666 bytes at a time. Can't help but laugh a little bit when, you know, you kind of see these threat actors kind of use like 666 or all kinds of different numbers in this kind of stuff. It's 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 kind of like the imagination and the malware. Um, it's kind of like the, the piece of that. Again, not 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 laughing at the fact that they're do that, that, that there's malware, but I'm kind of you know giggling slightly because it's um kind of the, their creativity. Uh, so as of ransomware, we talked about it now for about a month, month and a half or so, um, is starting to distribute. Um, uh, was distributing and and this malware is strategically targeting Ukraine and and countries supporting. Ukraine, the ransomware note told victims to contact security researchers and journalists. They tried to flame the, frame this on bleeping computer and many others. Uh, well, it's a diabolical data wiper. The new destructive data wiper manually crafted. Um, it, it does overwriting and looping of 666 bytes of original data content. Uh, it's effective, fast, and unfortunately unrecoverable data wiper. So something to keep in mind. <laughs> They're using this, and it's 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 really is destructive. Um, so you want to make sure that your uh, your 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 EDR, your MDR, your endpoints, your your kind of understanding how to detect this piece of ransomware, um, and and you're addressing it from the get go. Yesterday, I talked about this story a little bit. China's flawed disclosure law, which is leading to a zero day exploit surge. Uh, Microsoft has given a little bit more detail after yesterday's story. I also happen to get a lot more information after the show yesterday. So I wanted to share that with you. Um, so Microsoft, China passed a vulnerability reporting regulation that went into effect September of last year. We talked about it, go back to our shows in July, August, and even September. Um, and, and even before that, I think April and May too, uh, that, that I was talking about this on the show. Um, around the fact that all this is going to do is arm China with a bunch of zero days. Well, this is now being really confirmed and validated across the entire globe where a lot of software companies are now debating um, how they do business in China and how they deal with vulnerability disclosure requirements coming from the Chinese cybersecurity community. That's, that's friendly. That's, that's actually white hat, not, not black or gray hat, not working for the state, but rather trying to be part of the greater cybersecurity. Unity. I happened to speak to someone yesterday who is in China, part of one of the what I like to call one of the the, the good folks there um, that, that uh, I'm acquainted with. Um, and one of the things that kept coming back in our conversations was the fact that the Chinese government decides which zero days they want to report out and which they don't. They then create exploits for them and start to take advantage of them. And that's kind of common. It's 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 what's known over there to be the modus operandi of the Chinese Communist Party uh, and the Chinese government uh, as such. So they're stockpiling these towards weaponization, and then they'll use them as they see fit uh, in order to gain political leverage or economic leverage uh, of sorts uh, there as well. Um, there is a pressure within China 
um, and, and within the Chinese cybersecurity community push back against it. Um, I've been told that some people have been jailed uh, for uh, reporting or fined for reporting stuff directly to companies and not through the law itself. So just lets you know, um, we, we really have to be mindful of that and, and continually work uh, with our partners. The cybersecurity community uh, as, as a whole has no borders. We, we don't identify by our nationality. We identify by our passion uh, to ensure that we practice safe cybersecurity. Finally, Japan has formally joined the NATO's Cooperative Cyber Defense Center of Excellence on Friday, several years after former and late Prime Minister Shinzo Abe announced the nation's intention to do so. Japan's Defense Minister Seiichi Hamida told journalists that the move would help the Ministry of Defense strengthen its relationship with other countries, while the Ministry of Defense's English-language Twitter account also stressed the value of Japan's collaborating with international partners. The late Prime Minister Abe originally announced Japan's intention to join during a 2018 visit to Estonia, where the center is based and hosts its national SICON conference. Uh, it follows Japan's participation in NATO's Locked Shields exercise in 2021, an enormous cyber war game in which the fictional member state of Borrelia faced an adversarial attack, attacking its civilian uh, critical infrastructure and military infrastructure. Um, so Japan now joins this fund. So good for them. Welcome to the fun games, the government of Japan. Look forward to seeing y'all at some of these war games. That's it for our show today, folks. We'll be back with a whole lot more tomorrow. Like I said, midterm day today, election day, no matter what you do, exercise your civic duty to go out and vote. It's critical in a democracy that our voices are heard, um, whether win or lose, right? I mean, it's, it's been it's kind of like very one-sided. When one side wins or loses, people tend to go off the end. Most of the people I know are reasonable people. We vote. Whatever happens ends up happening. Majority rules. And so with that being said, um, go out, vote. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy this Tuesday. Most importantly, though, stay cyber safe. We love feedback. So make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.